The Time Out Dubai podcast. This is the Big Listen. Hello and welcome back to The Big Listen, the podcast brought to you from Time Out Dubai, where every week we talk about some of the most important subjects in the city. Today, it's the turn of nightlife and all the clubbing and bars and everything that's happening around Dubai at the moment. Uh, we obviously recently had the Time Out Dubai Music and Nightlife Awards and with us to discuss the Dubai's growing nightlife scene, we have got, well, we have Rima Rahman from Time Out Dubai. Hello. <laughs> the nightlife editor, no less. Uh, and we have Adam Grasser, our DJ of the year. Yes. Hi. Yes. Hello. <laughs> and we have Sarah Stosic from AdMind and they're the guys behind White and Dre's and Iris and a bunch of other really cool bars. So how's it going? Good. Thank Lovely. you for having me. No, pleasure. Thank you both for joining us. Let's start off nice and easy. Um, who has had the best night out recently? Who wants to kick us off? Me. Yeah, go on, Adam. Yeah, it was the Time Out Awards. Ah, oh, nice. I didn't get to go in the ball pool, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, but you fantastic. did pick up a, it was a good show. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fantastic night. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Adam, you're our DJ of the year. Yeah. Uh, best Dubai DJ. Uh, and you play regularly at Soho Beach, right? Soho Beach, Soho and... Garden as well, yeah. Okay. Um, go on, talk us about the, the that, that great night out then. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting. Uh, I got shortlisted. And um, when when you read out my name, it was kind of like, uh, yeah, a shock, a yeah. surprise as well. The room sort of responded really well to that as well, I think. Like, it generally got a really, really good reaction yeah. from people in the audience, people in the in the room, um, which is always a nice touch. Yeah. 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 Sarah, why don't you tell us a bit about, uh, about AdMinds, uh, about the clubs that you run, because you run some of the biggest clubs and indeed our club of the year, Dre's Dubai. Yes. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about about sort of what you guys get up to then? So uh, Edmind is a hospitality group, yeah, which owns and uh, manages some of the most successful nightlife uh, restaurant and uh, lounge outlets in mm -hmm. Dubai, Abu Dhabi, and Beirut. Yeah. Uh, and we recently won the nightclub of the year. Yes. For Dre's Dubai. Yeah. Uh, other than Dre's, we own uh, White, we own uh, Mad on Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi. Oh, yeah. Uh, we also have the Iris Lounges, one in Abu Dhabi, one in uh, Dubai. Yeah. Then there is Indy in DIFC, mm -hmm. uh, and there is Mato, the Italian restaurant. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, we've also recently acquired the Steakhouse Gaucho. Oh, cool. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's pretty comprehensive across yes. across the Emirates, right? Uh, so how long a rich have you been, portfolio. How long have you been in, in Dubai operating in the UAE? Uh, I've been uh, with AdMind and yeah. in the UAE for the past four and a half years. Okay. Um, and what about AdMind in general? How long has that been operating in the UAE? Is it since you joined or? No, AdMind has been around for more than 10 years. Okay, right. Um, so how have you how have you seen things sort of evolve then in your time here uh, in your last sort of five years? Because, I mean... Doesn't quite compare to Adam's eighteen, yeah. but I don't think <laughs> not at all. Um, but I mean, presumably you've seen a bit of a change in those in those four and a half five years, yes. right? Um, well, basically, when I came to this country, I've never been here before, whether it was on a visit or vacation, or and I really knew very little about the Middle East, mm -hmm. and uh, I was recruited from New York, where I lived for ten years. Oh, cool! So I recall coming here, and it was definitely a big uh, cultural shock. 
but it was very exciting and I and I always used to see Dubai as a and please don't take this the wrong way as a wannabe New York right okay. um, which I think is a good was thing was that before because, you moved to Dubai you thought that no once I moved once here once you moved here at okay. the beginning yeah, yeah okay. um, but again as I said I think this is a positive thing because mm. if you want to compare yourself with another cosmopolitan city in the yeah. world New York should definitely be up there yeah agreed um, would you say that's because of the buildings or uh, just in say? general the way that uh, that things are in here yes the cost of the bu- the, the the way that the architecture uh, but then also Dubai and the Middle East in general, mm. they have a, a very good talent pool, meaning that they they try to recruit the best of the best. Okay. And for me, yeah. that's what New York is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. New York is a is a city, a state that really has the best of the best in each industry. Mm. And it's both like very fast paced lifestyles yes. as well, like mm. in Dubai. <laughs> Yes, nonstop all the time. Definitely. And um, a lot of my friends from the US used to ask me, so is it more relaxed in the Middle East? Are you working less? Uh, Mm. Because we all know how um, hectic nightlife and hospitality industry can be. And I used to do this in New York as well. Uh, And my answer was always no, I actually even work more. And and not just me, but people here. Yeah. Um. I think it's a generic thing when you work in nightlife and hospitality. It's no longer a job. It's really a lifestyle. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that you have to be extremely passionate about this industry in order to be successful. Yeah. Because if you're not, you will just be miserable. Yeah. And uh, and and you will fail. Yeah. So so you mentioned when you first moved to Dubai, you saw it as a bit of a wannabe for for New York and these other major cosmopolitans. I actually how do, how do initially now? Uh, I mean Dubai has definitely made its way uh, up to the world ranks and mm. it's definitely a city that nowadays everybody's talk, talking about. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago there was a lot of stigma going around this town mm-hmm. uh, when you would ask international people that have never been here and I'm again talking from the US perspective mm. and uh, and people wouldn't even know that there was a nightlife industry in here. They yeah. would just think Dubai and other pictures would pop yeah. into their yeah. uh, head. Mm. And I think that over the past five or six years, things have definitely changed. Mm. And uh, and I can say that um, if you're someone who is on the party circuit or if, uh, if you're somebody that frequents... Uh, uh, countries and places such as uh, Mykonos or Ibiza or yeah. uh, Saint-Tropez or uh, Miami, Vegas, whatever the case is, you're going to start to see a lot of these familiar faces mm. now coming and checking out Dubai. Yeah. Do, do you mean that is in sort of people who go to party or people who like perform at the parties and the DJs and the Well, I mean, of course, the people who perform, but... Uh, Definitely, people who actually party, yeah. and people yeah. who are interested in this uh, night, uh, in this uh, night lifestyle, yeah. or yeah, because it, it kind of feels. Sorry, Rima, I was just gonna here. say, like it was, it goes to show because of international brands like One Oak and Gotha in the past few years yeah, have all yeah. opened up here. So yeah, Andres, yeah, well. Andres. Um, I mean that that's also kind of compounded i suppose by over the years we've had sort of plenty of acts that would come to dubai and they'd play here every so often but it feels to me in in my comparatively limited experience living out here compared to, to, to a couple of you guys it feels like there are more big names playing here on a regular basis hmm. at, the, at, at, at a lot of the clubs is that is that a fair fair statement you reckon yeah 100 mm. percent and there are there are weekends uh in, in dubai when there's more things happening here than there probably are in uh, vegas Right. Which is crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Adam, is that sort of something that you've noticed over over your sort of 18 odd years, best part, two decades experience? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, now like on a Friday you can you can see like five of the biggest DJs in the world all in different clubs. Yeah. And like there's apart from like a, a weekend, not even Ibiza, mm. you find this. Yeah. So so yeah, it's um and I think it's it's also competition driven as well. So the the comp- yeah. because it's a small um it's a small people uh, amount of people that actually live here and go out. Everybody's mm. trying hard to get to get these people to their club. Yeah. So they're going in bigger and heavier each weekend. So. Well, I think that's, I mean, a couple of years ago when I, when I first moved to Dubai, which was back in early 2017, I mean, White was the big, the big club. Yeah. And now it's got Bass and it's got Dre's and it's got these two other sort of big rival clubs going up against it. I think two of them. Yeah. And, and, you know, in fairly close proximity as well. I mean, how does that, how does the clubbing scene in itself, I mean, if we're talking about sort of, through till 4am partying, as far as that's concerned. How has that grown over the last, at least over the last two years, but let's say over the last five or the last 10? Well, it's definitely grown. And, uh, <laughs> 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 but, yeah, um, but I would like to say that uh, I, I think it's good that there is a lot of competition as long as it's healthy, because yeah. the competition uh, is uh, what kind of keeps all of us up on our feet yeah. to be better, to be more creative. Okay. And to reinvent ourselves on a constant basis. Mm. Yeah, yeah. How has that applied to, let's say, in the instance of White? Mm-hmm. How how has White had to constantly sort of change and adapt and advance itself? Has it how's it changed? Um, I think that bluntly, White is a leader. Uh, White has always been a leader, mm-hmm. and we're kind of the ones setting trends in the industry. Mm. Um, again, as I said, there there definitely is competition. There's other nice venues out there with nice entertainment, production, etc. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of our job to always be a few steps ahead of everyone yeah. and uh, to figure out what new things we could be bringing to the market yeah. or to reinvent ourselves in whichever way uh, yeah. possible. Because... There was a big sort of, um, is transformation the right word for why, uh, was it start of the, the winter 2018 season or was it winter 2017? We started it last year. Yeah. Um, we basically started a daily transformation. Yeah. So we have three concepts at White. One is called, uh, Disturbing, mm-hmm. which is a UK brand. Uh, another one is called Bizarre. And the third one is, of course, Urban. Mm-hmm. Um, so... These are three different nights, meaning that if you were to come to White on, on, on each one of these nights, the club would look completely different yeah. from setup and produc- production to decoration, uh, to entertainment and, of course, to marketing. Yeah. So it really is a, a complete transformation. And uh, there's only a handful of other venues in the world doing uh, things of this yeah. scale. And this was definitely a smart move. Because it really distinguished us from mm. everybody else. Yeah. And and where did the decision come for with Dre's? For the listener who might not be aware, late last year, Dre's moved from being like a day-to-night pool club uh, into like a fully-fledged, proper, all-out nightclub. You got the AV guys in from White, you do the same big production, all that sort of stuff. Where was that decision? Where did that come from? Why did you want to do that? Uh, it's funny that this, uh, and I have to say, because I'm really proud of this, 
for our entire team that this transformation took place in five days. Wow. <laughs> Meaning that uh, we wow. changed the cons. I don't think this has ever been done before. Yeah. Anywhere in the world. And, and it's definitely ludicrous, but uh, yeah. we, we, we did it. Yeah. Um, so Dre's initially was uh, operating as a pure beach club for almost for a little bit less than a year. And then uh, we decided that we needed to address the needs of the people who come to our outlets in Dubai. Yeah. And we felt that it made more sense for us to be a nightclub. Yeah. Um, so the decision, of course, came from the top. Yeah. But it was just executed extremely quickly, as I said, in uh, approximately five days. Yeah. Um, meaning that uh, the whole place was changed, the venue, pro uh, like production-wise and uh, construction-wise. I think that nobody slept uh, <laughs> during this time. Uh, we had to come up with uh, new branding, new guidelines, uh, new ways to market. And as I said, we had five days to let the whole world know that we're no longer <laughs> a beach club. Yeah. And uh, I remember we, we opened and on our opening night, we had more than 3000 people wow. inside the venue. Wow. And ever since, since it's been a huge success. Mm. We now operate uh, two times a week on a Tuesday and a Friday. Yeah. And um, we get, uh, uh, on average, at least 2,000 people inside right. that venue. How does, how does that sort of sit with the international brand, Dre's? Because they are over in Vegas as well. They do the days and night pool party side of things still. How did they, did, were, were they involved in any way in, in turning that into a nightclub? Or uh, it, is it, it completely separately? They've been uh, very supportive. Yeah? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, and also having that right around the corner from white. It's uh, not a, it's a, everybody thinks that uh, w when we initially opened Dre's, everybody was wondering if we were crazy and why we would want to open a competitive, uh, uh, another nightclub right next to our already existing uh, nightclub. Yeah. But, but really when you, when you think about it, it doesn't have to be competition. They both complement each other. Yeah. And I was just uh, today speaking to, our uh, GM and we were comparing numbers and I was asking him um, what the overlap is. Let's say if we have a, the same artist on and he will perform on a Friday night at Dre's mm -hmm. and then on Saturday night he may perform at White. Yeah. And the audience is completely different. Really? More than 70% of the people are different. See what actually that kind of surprised me that 30% of them are the same. So some people go out on a Friday. Definitely. And let's say they've just got to sing Tiny Temper play. And they go out on a Friday and they're like, do you know what? I need to hear that song again. I need to hear Pass Out one more time. And then they go straight up to White the next night. They're hardcore fans. What can wow. I say? They sing wow. a different three songs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk a bit about Maidan, because that kind of seems to be where it's all at. Um, Adam, I mean, presumably it didn't exist when you first moved here. No, it never. No. Um, it was... Um, what was the other one called? Um, the other race course. Oh. Nadal Sheba. Yeah. 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 That's the one, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, the last couple of years since opening Soho Garden and that entire complex, I mean, yeah. Toy Rooms moved over to, to that complex. Um, we've got Soho Beach, um, which is one of the coolest beach clubs in Dubai, especially one that doesn't have a beach. Um, <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. What's what's it like for you as a as a resident DJ in that area then? Um, it's great. I mean, have, have you been to Beirut? I personally haven't been to Beirut. I've been to Beirut. Yeah. But it was like years ago. Beirut have kind of like got this area near the docks where right. they've got like so. I think White used to be there, right? Okay. White was there, Iris and all this, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like an entertainment kind of hub. Okay. So like you can literally mm -hmm. go on a night out in that area. Yeah. So 
so it kind of works well like this you know yeah. we've got um soho garden there you've got soho beach mm -hmm. you've got a uh, drace you've got toy room toy you've room. got them all all in the area so you can literally have a full day there yeah yeah so. you can and, and 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 then you get like the the sort of the heaving like ibiza parties that come over to mm -hmm. soho beach as well some really massive ones that come into there yeah um i mean as as i want to kind of just touch upon your sort of your personal experience here what was clubbing like 10 years ago um i mean you could say i was in i think it was mahiki i was in at the moment so it was totally different for me yeah it was more commercial it was um kind of more club orientated yeah the that like the the young the young holidaymaker scene wasn't there so that's kind of something that's taken off in the last five years so right. so it was totally different i mean it was mainly for people that lived here and then the older folk that came came on holidays but it's all that's changed now so it's it's become like a worldwide destination even footballers you know yeah and they're off season they come over and uh yeah. On a weekly basis. <laughs> it's definitely on the map now. Yeah. It does feel like it's on an almost weekly basis, isn't mm. it? When another team's going, well, we've, we're out the cup so we can have a warm weather camp. <laughs> we can pop over to Dubai and yeah. have a bit of a laugh. I think the Liverpool team sort of took over Blue Marlin not that long ago. Did they? Yeah, when they were over here in January, I think it was. Well, allegedly. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the Man United there. team took over um, Soho Beach. And really? they took over Drace and then they took over White. It was kind of like a, yeah. an axis of uh, yeah. football. Okay. I mean... That's kind of cool, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's just move on to another part where we just talk a bit more about how Dubai as a scene is viewed internationally. We've touched upon it a little bit already, talking about you know a lot lot more holiday makers coming into the city, um, you know celebrities and professional footballers and whoever coming over. How is it viewed internationally on the party circuit, on the on the nightlife scene, from you guys who? presumably have worked internationally and to, to some extent, uh, I mean, Sarah, you mentioned you worked in New York. How is Dubai now being seen internationally amongst your peers, Adam, and amongst your competitors and other brands in the market, Sarah? Uh, I would say that it's definitely viewed as the hotspot. And as yeah. I said, a lot of the people that frequent the um, party scene locations such as Ibiza, Mykonos, etc., mm. are now adding Dubai as one of their stops during the year. Yeah, which is a manifest to the nightlife industry in this town and everything mm. that's been done over the last couple of years. Yeah, um, and Adam, sort of from an artist perspective, yeah. um, what what are your thoughts? I mean, like we've we've had some. Um, Legends, DJ and Soho Garden, people like Sasha yeah. and, uh, you know, John Digweed. And like talking to them, they, they kind of say how, like it never really had an underground scene in in the past. And since they, they came to Soho Garden and they saw the crowds dancing there in front of them for four hours to yeah. like the new releases and like the edgy stuff that they normally they'd play um on tour and stuff mm. it's uh they said it, the the atmosphere is electric yeah and the people are really feeling the um you know the music and yeah. stuff so it's you know it's refreshing because I, I like it's been a struggle to get anything more than um commercial nightclubs yeah. to to work in dubai and like i think blue marlin and places like this and also soho garden have kind of changed yeah that, that now and it's become definitely become a destination for these guys yeah I think that I think that's well. a fair a fair point in mm. terms of what you had along for. I mean, I personally can't get on board with sort of just hearing all the all the hits and the stuff in the charts. Yeah, that's yeah. not really sort of what I'm into. Yeah. Um. So I kind of I kind of love it where you where you can go to a place and you just hear mm. like a continuous set 
of yeah. just stuff you might not even have heard before. Yeah. But just for, for hours on end. I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from, from the artist side of things, I mean, over the last year or so, we've been having some really big names coming into town. Tiesto, Martin Garrix, Zolvig, these sort of guys. Um, how is it? How, we were chatting to Jasper Hope recently, this slight tangent here, the chief executive of Dubai Opera, right? And now the relevance <laughs> here is, is there's a little Venn diagram right, where, 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 we, where we cross over. But he was basically saying that once Dubai as a, as a destination starts getting spoken about within mm. professional ranks, other people who work in that industry have that intrigue. They want to come over and perform. Yeah. So do we reckon that's kind of what's happening at the moment? Like this sort of snowballing effect where more and more artists are coming over here and playing here, having a good positive experience here. Exactly. And yeah. therefore recommending more people to do so. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and what's happening is that before it used to take uh, a, a lot of money to get certain artists or DJs to come to this country mm. and perform. So uh, basically the only reason why they would even consider coming here was purely because of the money. Yeah. And now due to all the things that Adam was also mentioning, things have shifted mm. and now they want to have uh, Dubai on the, uh, their roster yeah. of mm. places where they're performing. Yeah. And how do you guys do it? And in terms of getting these guys over on a regular basis, you, you're getting some, some of the most current big names coming into town on what seems like a fortnightly basis. But this is it's where weekly. the... <laughs> okay, <laughs> weekly basis. <laughs> um, yeah, how does, that, how does that all come together? I mean, this is where the, this is where the research and the back office work mm. actually takes place because what we do on a daily basis in, uh, at our companies, we, we do research. Mm. We, we always have to be um, informed on uh, what the new best songs are in the market, uh, yeah. who are the new upcoming artists, yeah. uh, who are these artists appealing to, looking at their numbers. For example, just because someone is uh, currently well-known in New York doesn't mean that people in here will yeah. know, uh, yeah. uh, will appreciate their value or whatever the, yeah. the the case is. For example, if we were to book uh, ASAP Rocky, I don't know, four years ago, I don't think that anyone would know who ASAP Rocky was. Yeah. And if you book him today, we all know what happens. Yeah. Um, so definitely things are changing for the better. Mm. And, uh, and as I said, Dubai is really becoming a cool destination. And I, I do have to say that we've had a lot of uh, A-list artists now... Uh, mentioning Dubai and mentioning white Dubai in their songs ha! and filming their uh, official uh, videos inside let's, of our venues. Let's and name like names. Tory Lanez, <laughs> cool. uh, Wiz Khalifa, yeah. Ace Hood from the top of my head. Okay. That's that's good recall. Yes. Very quick recall. Florida. Florida. Um, yeah. What kind of feedback do you have from them after they've performed here? Like if you chat to them? They, they really love it. It's, mm. it's usually very positive. And uh, they, they always speak very highly of the energy yeah. that yeah. they feel when they're inside of our venues. Yeah. And again, this energy translates into the people. Yeah. The, the crowds. Mm. And um, we have to say that uh, people who currently live in Dubai are very well traveled mm. and they're very well educated, whether it comes down to music or their knowledge of music or their mm. their knowledge of uh, partying and qualitative partying or however you want to call it uh, they're not easy to please it's mm. not like uh, give them anything and they'll be fine yeah. with it no yeah. they, but, they definitely have high standards because they compare this town 
to any top town in the world. Well, that's that's kind of the point, isn't it? I mean, from where I grew up, you know, the night the nightclub there was one nightclub <laughs> for for miles and miles and miles around. And you kind of, I mean, everyone went there because I kind of had to go there because there was nowhere else to go. But I mean, that's different here. I mean, we're talking about a place where people can be discerning if they want and they can say, actually, I don't want to go here. I don't want to go here. This is one little thing about each club is something that they, they might not like. So they might not go back there again. You know, how much of a challenge is it for, you know, club operators when you've got such a sort of a demanding set of customers? Well, the attention spam of people in general in today's <laughs> world is uh, <laughs> a minimum to none. Um, so this is a challenge that everyone faces in all sorts of departments, whether it's uh, from an operational side, whether it's from a marketing side. And I'm sure that Adam can uh, attest to the same thing when he plays music. It must be very challenging to, yeah. to please people that are just getting bored of everything. Yeah. Mm. But that's why I said one of the most important things to stay successful in this industry is to be able to reinvent yourself yeah. and to recognize what the trends are and to study the people that you want to attract mm. and to study the way that they're thinking, the way that they're feeling, mm. uh, why they're feeling uh, <laughs> that way, and then just kind of giving them whatever it is that they're asking for. Yeah. Um, Adam, I'm going to throw to you. Best gig that you've done since DJing in Dubai? What, what's, what sits at the very sort of top where you're just like, never going to forget that one? Um, I mean, there's there's so many from totally different spectrums. Like, I remember DJing in Saffron and oh, yeah. like 700 people were stood on the table. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it has to be recently. Like, I'm, I'm DJing with some of the biggest DJ names in the world. Like, warming up to Solomon. Yeah. He, there was like 5,000 people there by wow. nine o'clock. That was an amazing was, event. It was incredible. Yeah. yeah. And the energy you feel from that amount of people is just next level. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to, I did David Guetta as well. And it's oh, just, cool. like, you can just, you can hear hear and feel and uh, mm. see the energy it's amazing when when you've got that energy sort of people come to a gig that they're really looking forward to and they've already got that sort of buzz of excitement going yeah. how does that differ from having to warm up say people who have just turned up to brunch on a friday and they're yet to yeah. get into the spot the party spirit you know if you want on a um, cold monday night at stoke but yeah <laughs> yeah as the old saying goes um you know how do, how do you do that how much of a challenge is that um it's not a challenge i mean it's um it's just different that's mm. all it's different i mean you could say it's more challenging to uh, play for five thousand people than it is to dj to nobody get them into the groove you can then uh, you can literally make their night from just getting there into a, a, a night a yeah. night out so it's uh different challenges i suppose i suppose yeah. if you've got that many people sort of staring at you and, and yeah like waiting on every beat yeah then you kind of have a different intensity i suppose yeah exactly. yeah cool um okay so we touched upon sort of the 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 big nights out and and the the djs that are coming to town we, how, how do we compare dubai against some of the other international spots where does it favor compared to ibiza vegas beirut these other big cities known for some of their party scenes where does it sit at the moment is it is it now sort of has it penetrated there is it leading the way is it almost leading the way where do we think i think it's leading the way because um because there's 
so much competition and mm. um with they're literally they're literally throwing everything at the nightlife scene now so the production the brands the djs ev- everything from top to bottom the marketing yeah is um i can't see why how it can be anymore anywhere else because it's a it's a new city and it's wanting to prove itself so it's going uh, full on yeah yeah interesting so i think you could say that the standard of dubai now is it's it's similar to vegas i would say at an all time high mm yeah. definitely there's a there's a lot of money being spent on uh on production and entertainment and this mm. probably wasn't the case a few years ago and uh and i'm sure that if you look at the bottom numbers uh okay each, each market is different for example maybe uh, they they have different budgets in vegas than they than we may have uh mm. in uh in here but uh there is definitely attention to detail across all uh fronts mm. being done when you compare is it a sustainable high will will we see continued growth in the clubbing scene will we see more people coming to dubai or is it going to do you see it plateauing or what how do we, how do we see everything going in the next say 5 years in my opinion uh the city is definitely oversaturated mm-hmm. uh in a sense that there's a lot going on mm-hmm. but again this doesn't have to be a negative thing uh but at the end of the day only the strong ones will survive and uh this stands across every mm-hmm. industry and this uh, does, holds yeah. true for every other city in yeah. the world yeah um are there going to be other international brands coming in yes definitely mm. are there going to be other uh, homegrown brands coming in absolutely mm. how many of them will still be standing in 5 years i cannot predict time will tell but i'm sure yeah. that not everyone will be around yeah do we think there's room for another maiden <sighs> i mean let's finish this one first <laughs> <laughs> good answer <laughs> Yeah. Um do you, do we think there'd be appetite for for something like that over in a different part of the, the It, it the depends Emirate how or? many people uh, this 2020 um exactly brings. my point. Mm. If if it brings the projected amount of people then yeah why not. Mm. But we've we've also got enough going on at the moment to facilitate another 2 million people. Mm. So is there more coming for me then? Just getting busy. <laughs> <laughs> What do we think? I'm getting a, uh, I'm getting we, a polite smile we, from Sarah. We think uh stay tuned. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. Okay. Going to have a little podcast exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> you know I give you a lot of exclusives, Tim. Oh, I, I know, I know, I know you do. Um okay, um any more for any more in terms of sort of major talking points that are on their minds? Well, I was actually wondering, you know how you said you rebranded uh Dre's in 5 days? Why did you give yourself 5 days? because we had to open that weekend. So you just literally just <laughs> got the idea and the, it was five days later. The decision came from top. Oh my. God. <laughs> it was like they they saw a gap in the market and they just hit it. They you know, they instant changes were needed. I feel yeah. stressed just thinking about that. Mm. <laughs> like five days. I mean, uh really I know it sounds very crazy and probably when uh people from outside hear about some of these stories they they yeah. they think that we're all crazy. Mm. Um But once you're in this industry, you really get used to it and you get used to these uh situations that are out of your hands and we kind of work well under pressure 
which I know is not very healthy, but uh, we we thrive under pressure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, th- there's there's a lot of uh, factors that you c- can control. A lot of unexpected things happen, and you just have to know how to roll with it. For example, I think last week or the week before, um, I'm just giving a, a, a pure example. We we had an artist that was booked to perform at Dre's mm. on Friday night. And on Friday morning, we got a call at, say, 7 a.m. that he missed his flight. Mm. So we had, uh, in, within two hours, we booked another A-list artist and still had 3,000 people at the venue that night. So I, I know <laughs> to whom you're referring with that one. Um, can we say? Yes. Yeah, okay. So it was Tiny Temper who came in at last minute. How how do you get a gig like that to happen in, let's say, 12 hours time? And how do you get them on a plane and over here ready to perform in time? Personal relationships. And uh, yeah. really, Tiny has been a friend of uh, of the AdMind family for yeah. years. So Disturbing Dubai Disturbing at White is, Dubai actually is, his, is brand. his event. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, so over the years, our team has really built... Uh, very solid relationships with all of these artists where mm. it comes to a point that we have them on speed dial, if you yeah. want to call it that. If speed dial is still a thing yes. in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> Was he in the country at the time? Uh, no, he wasn't. He wasn't? No. So he flew in as well? Yes. Wow. Private jet. Uh, no, actually, it wasn't private, no. <laughs> <laughs> you look disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he should be in one of them right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think so. Instead of, you know driving past the bus he used to run for the, <laughs> something similar happened when we opened Dre's Beach Club if you remember last February mm. we had yeah. uh, Tory Lanes. we had Tory Lanes mm. um, scheduled to perform it was all over the place it was the opening yeah and uh, then again something happened with his passport on the day of the event on the mm. morning and last minute we booked uh, Craig David yeah who replaced him yeah, I, I, I remember I was there yeah. that night. I remember you sat there in your laptop, pulling your hair out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, that sort of makes me want to find out a little bit about how how does a new club announce itself on the scene? So we saw it with uh, with one particular club in, in 2018. I'm not going to name any names. They, they arrived and they booked in some absolutely ridiculously big name artist to come into town it hasn't quite worked out for them but it worked out with Dre's when you when you put a series of acts in the first sort of month or so of opening how how does a new club arrive in town and how does it sort of get that that hype around it how does it get people through the door straight away from day one marketing <laughs> fair enough yeah okay um no i mean all jokes aside marketing, uh, word of mouth, uh, PR, mm. personal relationships, really every single department of a, of, of a company is involved when uh, launching a new product yeah. or an outlet on the scene. Yeah. It's not very difficult to get the, the, the hype going when you are a new venue because, of course, everybody wants to write about you, talk about you, everybody is interested in what Go it is that, that you have to offer. Mm. But what's more difficult is uh, sustaining yourself and uh, keeping the hype yeah. over mm. time. Yeah, of course, because it's all right getting everyone in for one night, but then you've got to have the location, the the, the experience yes. to, to make people want to come back for yeah. that again and again and again. Yes. Mm. And that's how word of mouth spreads. Like if I go out and have a good night, I'm going to tell my friends. Whereas yeah. you could have one bad experience. And never come back. Yeah. 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 Well, exactly. Um, 
And this is where uh, I'm sorry. This is this is where operations really plays a a crucial role, mm. which is why um, again uh, I don't know if, how humble I'm being, but uh, th- <laughs> this is why our operations team are really at the top of this game, mm. and uh, because their their experience is unparalleled to anyone else mm. in this market, and Fair. and this is a um, testament to that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Instead of talking about perhaps negative experiences and not going back to the club. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about one particular experience for let's say for White. What was the best gig that you think White's ever thrown? What for, was for what? me personally Backstreet Boys after party last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but the city went mad for the Backstreet Boys. But I mean like, uh, absolutely mad for it. There's th- such a huge group and of course I grew up listening to them and mm-hmm. and really I, I think that they're they're super superstars we're not talking A-listers anymore we're talking above oh, and fame. beyond and it was really gratifying to to have them come to our venue mm. and what's more important it was the first time in seven years that all five of uh, five of them yeah were uh, at, at the same venue performing together right so it really 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 was one for the books <laughs> in my in my opinion okay Cool. Okay, that kind of flies in the face of Adam talking about sort of like hearing the hits and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and the commercial stuff. It was and... Solomon, you know. <laughs> and you got Backstreet Boys. Um, but I would like to uh, to also add that I was very proud of the Elro event that we yeah. did together. Yeah, the, re- the recent for the no for the launch of Soho. Beach. Oh, the first one. Yeah, yes. yeah, mm. that was massive. Elro is the big yeah. Ibiza party, isn't it? It just goes yeah. around the world and does these huge nights, right? Um, yeah, so Elro is a uh, party that was, um, it's from Ibiza, well, yeah. Barcelona, and it's just, it's it's the fun, funnest house music brand out there, like, they, yeah. they do parties with 20,000 in London, Oh uh, wow! and they kind of go around the world, and luckily we're one of their um, their destinations, cool. so yeah. we have it maybe three three times a year now, yep. and it, it creates so much excitement, and uh, it's so much fun, it's, it's, it's about the fun, basically. Yeah. It's for the girls. I think I think Soho Beach is. <laughs> I think Soho Beach is probably one of the only venues around here that could probably host something like that as well. Yeah, I mean it's, it's yeah. massive. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, yeah, we we can create our own boundaries. Actually, we can make it bigger. We can make it smaller. Oh, that's we do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So for each party, like we have all day, I dream there as well. So yeah, we totally change the venue and um, bring bring the because it's kind of like a more of a community thing with market stalls and stuff. Mm-hmm. We um yeah so. What do you guys do in summer? Apart from go on holiday. <laughs> what, uh, when, I mean, when it gets too hot to go outside. Mm. And so many of the clubs here are open air. What, I mean, that means there's an eight-month window where the industry makes all of its money, I assume. What happens in July, August, leading up to the start of the season in September? Uh, we we actually at Admind have some indoor venues. For example, Mad, which is a nightclub in Abu Dhabi, yeah. is an indoor venue, and uh, to say the least, it thrives during the summer season. Yeah. So this definitely keeps us up on our toes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have some of our restaurants and lounges, lounges which remain open yeah. during the summer months. But our big nightlife venues, such as White and Dre's, mm-hmm. close. This is when we do the world tour for White. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. For example, last year we did uh, uh, Ibiza. We went to Shuaia, yeah, uh, which is the, one of the best clubs in the world. Yeah, huge. We did uh, Barcelona. We did Monte Carlo, cool. uh, Hong Kong. Yeah. 
and um, we're going to be doing the same this year as well. Right. And uh, this is where um, all the planning really takes place in the summer months. Mm-hmm. Uh, production, uh, recruiting, uh, budgets. Yeah. Uh, projections. Presumably, get a chance to like kick back and have a little pat on the back and go, "Cool, that's a good, good answer, wasn't it?" <laughs> we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adam. What about you? What's your what's your sort of summer routine? Do you do you take yeah. it inside or do you go off? Go somewhere yeah, else? I mean, for for Ramadan we um, we all take off and then we go to uh, we're going to go to Ibiza to the IMS, mm-hmm. make a few contacts, see what's good in the industry, see what's new, yeah, uh, see what can bring over for uh, Soho Garden or Soho Beach. Okay, just make a few contacts, go to Berlin, bit of inspiration, and so you also uh, do a bit of organising as well, a bit of promoting and stuff like that for yeah. uh, for for where you work. Yeah, well. okay. Just to be known in the industry because it's good to to like introduce yourself face to face and then mm-hmm. you you know it's easier to talk over emails later on. Sure, of course it is. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. yeah. And last last season we we kind of stuck a roof over Soho Garden. Yeah. Which kind of worked because the World Cup was on, so yeah. we, we created a nice vibe there. It was uh, kind of like an indoor garden. It was cool. And then the yeah. part we carried on with the parties all summer with the. Um, we carried on with Cafe Mambro and stuff, but mm. it didn't have the essence of what Soho Garden kind of is. So we might not be doing that this season. We've got, we've got mm. other things in the pipeline. I think the the World Cup was sort of something particularly particularly sort of exceptional, though, wasn't it? I mean, the World yeah. Cup was just just nuts. It was and remarkable. The whole city was just taken over by yeah. it. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. I mean, I think that's kind of tied things up in a neat little bow, as far as as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Um, it just it, do you know what? It just sounds like we're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, should we should we agree on that now? Yeah, yeah. Sarah, what was your best night out? By the way, you you, you didn't you didn't answer the question. Um, I think one of the nights during F one in Abu Dhabi. At cool. Matt, okay. Yeah. Um, we had uh, French Montana perform. It was a very surreal night because at the same time, uh, inside of the venue, we had uh, the weekend. Mm-hmm. Bella Hadid, Lewis Hamilton celebrating his. Uh, championship title sure. Taiga um, and a few other people that I that are not coming popping up in my head right now decent guest list though isn't it definitely mm. it, it, it really really was one for the books cool what time did that finish uh, five-ish <laughs> strong <laughs> nice okay cool alright uh, well Sarah and Adam thanks so much indeed for joining us today um, thank you yeah I think I think we've I think we've done nightlife yeah <laughs> nice one uh, so thanks very much indeed for listening to The Big Listen the podcast from Time Out Dubai remember to subscribe to us on iTunes Google Podcasts Spotify SoundCloud wherever you get your podcasts uh, and you can also watch us on YouTube um, yeah we'll be back in a couple of weeks time with some more fascinating insight no doubt into life in Dubai so yes oh and don't forget to leave us a review and give us five stars so other people can find it as well we'll see you next time bye bye Bye. See ya. Bye. Cool. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to get every episode straight to your inbox. <laughs>